Something um, in the way she moves. That's pretty good. Aha. But then you hit record and you're out the door anyway. Our whole relationship is a CD skipping away. Crush on the ray. Yeah, I, I do the editing this week, but I got we're go uh, right after the show's over. Uh, Cassie and I are basically running into Manhattan for stuff. So, oh okay, anything cool or uh, thrifting? Oh okay, and dinner, well, and dinner, dinner and uh, the show. <laughs> nah, um, speaking of shows, I got some. I'm seeing uh, two shows in the next two weeks. So I'm really excited. My first New York show since I moved back up, since I moved here. Cool. What are they? I'm seeing Void Vision on Wednesday at some little bar in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. And on the 29th, I've got uh, tickets to see uh, St. Vincent and David Byrne, or David mm-hmm. Byrne and St. Vincent. Um, at, it's called Williamsburg Park in Brooklyn. Awesome. Which is apparently a new venue, so... Yeah, I wanted to go see them at the Beacon Theater, but uh, I saw that the, the cheap seats at the Beacon were, were seventy bucks. I'm like, screw that. Yeah, that's that's pretty much uh, pretty high. <laughs> I mean, do you want to celebrate too? Because we, we we picked all all new music this week. Yes. Yes, it's kind of cool. It's, yeah, I think. It, oh, go on. It, it's a new music Monday. Because that's yeah, when the show goes out. But we're recording on a Sunday. Yes. Yeah, well, this yeah. is the first time we've all picked new albums. Like, I think, like, yeah, episode 19, the first time we all picked new releases. All of us. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I think uh, I, I mainly picked my new release just because I saw that the other, that you two had picked two new releases, and I figured I'd go for the, the hat trick. <laughs> and we're glad you did. I mean, for me, it's like the... I, I usually don't pick the new releases just because I like to, like, have more time to, like, live with the albums that I pick, you know? Mm. But... Mm-hmm. But it, it it worked out so. Yeah, yeah. We actually, I actually went out and uh, on the Twitter and on the Facebook and on the site, you know, asked if uh, other people had some their favorites for this year, uh, not just stuff that came out this last week, but for the year in general, and if they're looking forward to stuff. So we'll talk about that later. But first, uh, let's. I guess we should talk about um, the albums we picked. I, don't know. I guess so. I mean that. Yeah, that, that's kind of how we do things on this show, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yes. We, we we could we could like change it up and and like totally not talk about picks at all. Just just know that we each chose it. albums and and that's it, you know. You don't get to know, listener. <laughs> maybe they're good, maybe they suck. You'll never know. I like the, I like I like this idea. It's been a great show. Have a good night. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Let's start with yours, man. Let's let's start with yours, Matt. Okay. Since uh, Andrew um, went first last time, and I don't want to go first. <laughs> okay. Um, I picked uh, the new album from Amanda Palmer and the Grand Theft Orchestra. Theater is evil. Um, sort of the internet darling slash punching bag. <laughs> Um, and I, I really like it. It's, um, 
like it's a lot different. Like her her other uh, solo record, um, "Who Killed Amanda Palmer," is very much like a Dresden Dolls record, which is her her former band, of course. Um, this one is very much different. This one is a kind of like a, a poppy rock record. Um, lots of um, instrumentation, synthesizers. Um, the songs, you know, are, are still like Amanda Palmery, like that. They, you know, she didn't really uh, change up her writing style, which is good because I mean, I I'm a fan, so it's sort of like, yeah, it's just the arrangements that are different. And I thought it worked really well. So why don't we hear a little bit now of um, one of the video single thingies? This is a, a taster of "Want It Back." away giving it away <laughs> um you sound absolutely nothing yes. like amanda palmer <laughs> i yeah i know that that'd be kind of weird if i did <laughs> although maybe 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 like i should do an amanda palmer cover record of just you know <laughs> i'm in love with every actor <laughs> it doesn't matter that you want it back you've given it away giving it away <laughs> Anyway, perhaps I perhaps I got too much sleep and I'm too awake now. It, it's like a like the difference of last week's show. I'll take this one over that. So one. anyway, the anyway <laughs> anyway um yeah I I really dug this uh record um it's kind of funny because like um with Amanda Palmer like. Like I'm a really big fan of hers. I, I was on the Kickstarter for this record when kicked in the the kind of stupid expensive one where she would send you four packages throughout the summer of like random things to do, which is actually kind of cool. But you know, but it's hmm. even though there there is that it's like sometimes like I kind of wish she'd shut up a little bit like online just because it's I don't know it, it you there is a sense of like overexposure and it's sort of like. Every every time I start to think that like I'm like okay I'm finally over Amanda Palmer and the dolls, like I I kind of don't care anymore. She ends up, you know she ends up uh, having the audacity to release a, a record that's really really good, <laughs> just pulls me back in. <laughs> so um what all what what would you all think? I mean did did you know Amanda Palmer before and or hate her or I had no knowledge of her. Okay. Personally, <laughs> so this is my yeah, first because it seems like a okay because yeah a lot of people just like are like there's there's this like weird vicious vitriol towards her that you don't get with like other people. It's like a lot of people you know it's like you know oh I wish you know say I don't know Katy Perry or Lady Gaga would just go away. Whereas you 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 get like I I would not break if I saw Amanda Palmer crossing the street and in fact I'd speed up. You know, and it's sort of like Jesus. <laughs> so I have a theory about that, but uh, I'll, I'll save that for when it's my turn. Okay, uh, I didn't. Um, 
I found this to be fairly overwhelming, my first uh, Amanda Palmer experience, because um, it's a very long record, and I put it on, and I was just kind of uh, consistently overwhelmed. I don't, I don't really even, and I played, I played through the first, I got through like three quarters of it, and then I went back and tried to listen to Wanna Back a couple of times, and I don't, um, mm-hmm. it didn't stick with me at all. I don't remember how the song goes. Um, I don't know. I got, I kind of have nothing. <laughs> on this one <laughs> fair enough and I, and I mean it is like it is kind of overwhelming and especially too because her previous stuff is pretty much you know uh, drums and piano oh. too and I mean it's it's very stripped down so it's kind of it's kind of a shock anyway I mean you know, even for a fan to have like you know a full full band backing her and the one thing that does kind of annoy me with this is like a lot of the vocals have a distortion on them mm-hmm. i mean and, and it's a, an effect of course but it's still a little like eh. yeah I, i'll agree with that uh, as someone who's not, unfam- not unfamiliar with amanda palmer um though i haven't heard her first solo album i just have the dress and doll stuff um yeah what was it then mm-hmm. it's a uh, west virginia and uh, um no that was the the second one Whatever the hell the first one was, I don't, yeah, I don't the first one's think you guys st- look it up. Self-titled. The first time I ever discovered them was uh, I actually uh, found it at a store on St. Mark's Place back when St. Mark's Place had, had some cachet left. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be acting like I'm, I'm a full-blown New Yorker now. Um, <laughs> a DVD promo of the Girl Anachronism video, which oh, cool. I still have stuffed in a uh, box uh, somewhere in Philadelphia. And... Uh, yeah, I was kind of taken with it. It's it's a it's a good video. It's a it's a cool song, and so yeah, you know, I checked out the album. Um, I wouldn't say I'm a. Um, I like Amanda Palmer stuff. I'm not a hardcore fan. I certainly didn't chip into the Kickstarter. Um, like I said, I didn't even check out her first solo record. So, um, but it was all that. It's a. Uh, so listening to this was kind of a surprise. Um, and it is it is very. Um, I know. I'm guessing this is all like Kickstarter bonus tracks. As I looked it up on Wikipedia, and like the actual album has uh, only how many tracks? 16 tracks. I th- yeah, I think I think there's like maybe four or five bonus tracks, and I I just threw them in just because I'm lazy. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah, laziness on that. Yeah, that's why I uploaded both discs to that extended super special edition of the payment record. Uh, anyway, mm-hmm. so I. Um, it's. I have the same problem Andrew did. It's just so dense and so overwhelming. Um, it's sort of like she threw everything in on these songs, and I I feel kind of bad saying that because I mean I don't have any particular hatred for her. I think she's she's good at what she does. Um, but this was just so overproduced, over layered. It, it could have. I know she's going for that loud rock band sound, but this was just so much. It could have mm-hmm. really. Someone should have stepped back and said, "Whoa, wait a minute! We should loosen this up. A little. We should clean this up a little bit, just a hair." And maybe I wouldn't be so ah about it. Yeah, you know? <laughs> I, I I can see that actually. Yeah, it's, it's sort of it's it's a full record. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I can I don't mind loud. I don't mind noisy. I just mind being able to pick it apart mentally in my mind so when when I'm getting just like a wave of, of piano and noise and, and the distortion on the vocals yeah, that she's got a good voice she shouldn't do put too much distortion on that um, 
That, that's so. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. This so yeah. This kind of left me a little cold. I I feel kind of bad, but I don't. I mean, no my worries. theory, by the way, I mentioned I have a theory about why there's so much vitriol against her. Is that she is a a female artist. Uh, she and um, basically, I think I, I suspect a large amount of vitriol coming towards her are from dudes who expect uh, female artists to be more, more like. Uh, Katy Perry, more docile, more um, traditionally feminine, and more candy-like. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, Amanda Palmer yeah, I don't know. I mean, I... very much this girl power vibe that I think throws a lot of the misogynist male music fans into a tizzy. <laughs> yeah, that might be. I mean, I, I've known like a few like you know women too who've just like absolutely like hated her like. You know, it's, you know, it's, I mean, to, to the, the point of, you know, if she died, they'd, you know, probably throw a party, you know. <laughs> but yeah, I think there is like a, a fair amount to that. And I mean, I know, too, I, I think there is some level of overexposure. Like uh, uh, I was talking with my friend Monty about her and he, you know, he, he basically has no opinion on her music. He just cause he hasn't really heard it much, but. It's like he's a big fan of uh, Neil Gaiman, who's she she married about a year ago, and basically she, he wishes that she hadn't eaten his brain because apparently, like, and I've seen this too. Is like almost all he talks about now is how awesome Amanda Palmer is, and it's like I'm I'm not a huge uh, Gaiman fan, but I could see the 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 desire to have your favorite author back, you know. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I've got no opinion on that. I only just read American Gods like a year ago, so. I watched his comment, to that. commencement yeah. speech. That was good. Okay. <laughs> was it all like, you've now graduated. Now let me tell you about my awesome wife. <laughs> I don't think so. No, it was, uh, I forget exactly what he talked about, but it was good. <laughs> it was only like uh, 20 minutes. I'll put it in the show notes here. It was at the, the University of the Arts class of 2012. Oh, okay good commencement speech cool yeah I'll just say, I wanted to like it more but I don't know <laughs> alright uh, can I take the next one if that's cool go for it sure okay. uh, my, my pick this week is something we already kind of gushed about a few episodes back but I don't know how many uh, the new collaboration between David Byrne and St. Vincent called Love This Giant dropped on the 10th, and uh, I love it. Um, the uh, the big single, of course, is the song Who, and uh, there's a music video for that, and there's a live performance of that in the show notes. But uh, the uh, the song I liked on this, the song that got my most attention was Lazarus. So uh, let's hear a little of that. Uh, let's hear a little of that now. Hey, hey Lazarus, golden young there forever One of these days I'm gonna bring that hammer down I'm working hard but my heart is wearing out So, um, this, this was great. Um, it's a lot of horns. I, I love I love brass. What can I say? And if there, if there's two artists that have such a that are both similar and different. It's, it's David Byrne and St. Vincent. They both have the same uh, artsy, wordy quality about them. Uh, um, they both have this uh, 
their own little self-contained musical worlds, and it's interesting how they overlap and the collaboration here. Uh, the reason why I picked Lazarus is because it's one of the few duets on the record, and I think it really contrasts their vocal approaches. Mm-hmm. Who's got some duets going for it, but it's uh, it's mostly a David Byrne vocal show. So, I mean, I, I only recently got into St. Vincent, and so when I found out about this, I was just like, oh my god, yes. <laughs> so what do you guys think? Good, man. Okay, I loved it. Um... I'm a huge fan of David Byrne, obviously, and St. Vincent. Um, so basically, the idea of them together was pretty pretty much awesome, especially, too, because, I mean, they do really have complementary styles. So it, it worked. I was, like, actually kind of funny that I... I think the Onion AV Club gave this one, like, a B or a B-, and it was, like, their their reasoning behind it was that it was, like, too predictable, like you, you basically knew what you were going to get from listening to a David Byrne and St. Vincent album. And I was kind of like, um, yeah, you know, you're going to get something that's like really mind blowingly fucking awesome that I, 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 and it delivered. Um, I'm, I'm fine with not being surprised by a record that sucked. (laughs) So, (laughs) so yeah, so I, I I, I uh, disagree with the AV Club on that one. Um, I also really like the horns as well. Um, but yeah, I this is one that um, I did not have to download from Rich. I I, I had it pre-ordered from a, a while ago myself. So so I dug it. <laughs> yeah, I love it too. It's um, great. I love the single when uh, Rich first informed me about it, and uh, the rest of the album uh, does not disappoint. Um, I know nothing of St. Vincent, and I'm a... a we'll uh, fix that. <laughs> I'm a fairly big uh, Talking yeah, Heads fan. Go ahead. Oh, okay. I was just going to confirm that uh, she's awesome. Yeah. Um, but I'm not familiar with any of David Byrne's solo work, uh, so I wasn't uh, quite sure what to expect, but I love the single. And then uh, I love the whole album, too. And I found it interesting that it's pretty consistently... St. Vincent song, David Byrne song, St. Vincent song, David Byrne song. And I thought it was going to be a lot more, um, I'm sure it's it's still very collaborative, not just um, beyond the, the vocal performances, but I just thought it was interesting that it seemed very carefully alternating who sings what song. Like, she sings one song, he sings one song. And I think that one of the things that I really liked about Lazarus was, like kind of like Who, is that it is a duet, and I think that because you have both of them at the same time and you get both of their styles, I think it makes those tracks kind of the stronger tracks on the album. Although I also love I Am an Ape and Ice Age and, and pretty much most of them. Uh, so I kind of wonder like, um, if, if uh, Lazarus opens the second side when this is on vinyl. Just because I know like Who is another kind of duetty one and that's the opener of the A side and the album. Yeah. <laughs> And Lazarus is right there in the middle, so I kind of wonder. Hmm. I should check that out. By the way, I want to give you a correction. The the AV Club gave the album a B plus. So ah, oh, okay. okay. Mm-hmm. But but you saw what I was talking about, where they were all like, "This is predictably awesome." I hate that. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's uh, you want to really rage? You should read the Pitchfork review. Oh God, I I've sworn off of Pitchfork because it's like. They they scrape the bottom of the barrel of reviewers and then call it edgy. Yeah. 
I it's mean, like, I, occasionally there I'll was go a, on there to see if there's anything new that's coming out that looks interesting. But I should st- I mostly stick with the yeah, AV like club. once. Yeah, uh, for air reviews, I go AV Club once in a while for news because sometimes like Pitchfork will get like you know exclusives or, or or whatever. But yeah, it's like the the Pitchfork reviews are some of the worst things on the internet. Like <laughs> er, er, everyone at Pitchfork, you should be ashamed. Like I remember, like there, it's they took it down, but uh, there was a review up of the Moog Cookbook records that was basically synthesizers are like totally gay. Like guitars are awesome. Where are the guitars on this record? There's no guitars on this record. It sucks. D minus or one out of ten or whatever. And it was just like, oh my god, shut up, you mouth breather. <laughs> you know, if if you're predisposed to not like it don't fucking review it mm-hmm. you know i i think that records should be kind of like approached on their own terms to somewhat and that doesn't mean that you can't say that they suck because mm-hmm. there's a lot of shitty records out there but i mean it's like you you can't be all like you know you know the th- this album of a beethoven performance was lame because i only like rock power trios <laughs> you know that just doesn't work you know <laughs> I'll look, no argument here. So, <laughs> I got opinions. <laughs> there we go. And well, I guess that's good enough of a segue into uh, Andrews. Yeah, I suppose so. Uh, so my pick for this week is Away from the World, Away from the World, which is the new record by the Dave Matthews Band, which is going to be my first DMB pick. Um, and I picked it because I knew that I was going to be listening to nothing else this week other than your guys' picks. Um, so to sort of kind of like Rush, the best way to sort of discuss this album is to look at it in the context of the band's entire discography. I'm going to try to not go on for an entire hour. But um, so when you look at the Dave Matthews Band chronology, you have the first three records, which are um, masterpieces. And then you have Every Day, which was very overproduced and um, written in a very different fashion um, by Dave and uh, the producer. Um, And then the band came in afterwards, and it was very electric and slick and overproduced. And then um, around that time, the band parted ways with Steve Lillywhite, who is the producer of this album and who also produced the first three albums. And uh, since then, there have been a handful of albums that have not really pleased the hardcore uh, fan base. Uh, Busted Stuff came out, which was um, good in 2002. But then uh, Stand Up and Big Whiskey and the Grugrix King, which came out in the uh, mid to late uh, 2000s, were not uh, enjoyable just in terms of um, the lack of lyrical depth and the the sort of shallowness of the music and it was a, a not a good time to be a Dave Matthews Band fan. So this record is highly anticipated because of the return of Steve Lillywhite um, and his influence and his production style. And I'm very pleased uh, to report, at least for me, um, that it's a great uh, end result. Um, and there are a few different reasons. I'll try not to go into too much detail. Uh, but the first is uh, great production. Um, having Steve Lillywhite back is fantastic because I think he really knows how to capture the sound of this band. Um, and if you listen to the first three records as opposed to the 
um, the later records, there's a big difference in the sense of the way Steve Lillywhite captures their sound and um, acoustically and just sort of gives them their own sonic sort of vibe. Um, and this record has a lot of great little sonic details uh, underneath everything, and it's it's an album that's worth listening listening to with headphones. Um, and sort of along that same line, it feels much more acoustic uh, and less electric, even than um, Big Whiskey, which came out in 2009. And uh, one of the big travesties was when Dave first picked up the electric guitar in 2001 and made everybody cry. Uh, because we love him on the acoustic guitar, but this album is a lot more acoustic and much less electric and much less overproduced and much less uh, shiny than some of their later records. And then the other aspect of it is that the core five members of the band uh, were around until 2008, and then in 2008, Leroy Moore, the saxophonist, died uh, in an ATV accident, and he was subsequently replaced by Jeff Coffin, who is the saxophonist for Bela Fleck and the Flecktones. And at the, around the same time, uh, Tim Reynolds' uh, electric guitar uh, was added to the band, who was previously a longtime uh, Dave associate uh, in an acoustic setting, but joined on electric guitar. Uh, and also Rashawn Ross on trumpet came in in around 2007, I think. So one of the complaints that some hardcore fans still have about this record is that it is uh, a completely different sound. Like, it doesn't even sound like the band anymore. And while I agree, kind of, uh, you have to remember that one of the founding members died, and they replaced him with another musician, and then they added two new musicians. Uh, so, you know, whatever that fraction works out to be, uh, there's a cons- significantly different lineup. Um, and that has offended people in the past because they don't like Tim's electric guitar, and it's very overpowering, and they don't like Rashawn squealing all over the trumpet and everything. And Jeff himself has a very different tone than Leroy did. Jeff's tone on the saxophone being much more dissonant and sort of crying and um, a little bit more abrasive to the ears than Leroy, who is very uh, complimentary to the song. But on this record, I think all three of them really play to the band's strengths. Um, Tim is not nearly as prominent. The electric guitar is not nearly as overpowering. Uh, Jeff... I know in interviews, uh, Dave has said that Jeff was much more cognizant of Leroy's sound on this record. And on several of the solos, uh, like I think on Belly Belly Nice, the saxophone solo, I almost forget that it's Jeff Coffin and not Leroy Moore, which is great um, that he's honoring that sort of influence. And then Rashawn also uh, sounds good to me in terms of production and in how prominent he is in the mix. Um, he doesn't really squeal a lot on this record, and I kind of love... Uh, the jazzy part, especially the jazzier parts, especially on the tail end of Drunken Soldier. Um, so that's great. So the musicianship itself and the music has has really improved and the production is great. So that's all good. And the last thing that has sort of been a source of contention for Dave Matthews Band fans in recent years is Dave's lyric writing ability, um, which has gotten significantly more shallow and sort of less interesting, um, arguably, as he has become a parent and has become more intent on, you know, creating a good future for them and less concerned with drugs and sex and that sort of thing. Um, but on this record, even though there are some cringe-worthy lyrics in a few spots, like on Belly Belly Nice and a couple of other areas, for the most part, for me, um, the, the record is fairly lyrically solid. Not tremendous uh, by any stretch of the imagination, but um, very tolerable and very listenable to the point where it doesn't damage the record as a whole. Um, so in general, it just it's a very cohesive record for me. It, it's much more subtle than the things that they've been putting out in the past. It's more complex. 
Uh, it's more nuanced. The production, the musicianship, the lyrics have, are all a vast improvement, much more in the vein of their first three records. Um, it's a lot less cheesy than Big Whiskey and the Gurgrex King was. And uh, my expectations were decent, given some of the songs that they've been road testing, um, and the album has exceeded them. So uh, for me, I am very pleased with this record, and I uh, love it very much, and I'm glad that uh, the band has given it to us. Oh, uh, what's your pick? The song-wise, I mean. Oh, the riff is the song that I picked. I couldn't really decide on one because I don't (laughs) have a favorite yet, but the riff is kind of, it's where the, um, the album title comes from. Uh, so we'll play a little bit of the riff for you guys now. Off the please don't leave me, baby. Please don't leave me yet. If you stay with me, that don't mean we gotta stay the same. If you stay with me, baby, you and me will change again. And I picked that song just because it is where the the album's namesake comes from, but it also uh, kind of illustrates the depth that this record has. And even though the name isn't, the title of the song isn't that great, um, the complexity of the music and the sort of the, uh, it's almost kind of progressive in a way, which I think kind of alludes to the the depth and the the breadth of this uh, record. So there it is. There it is. Oh boy. Um, Well... This was the first time I ever actually listened to a Dave Matthews Band album. That's impressive. Uh, I've only known, like, yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I grew up listening to the Rock Station Philly, and they would play, like, Ants Marching or any of the mm-hmm. other big name songs. And, and so, sitting down listening to this for the first time, I forgot something very important about Dave Matthews Band. <laughs> I really don't like his voice. Ooh. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, That's okay. I just. He's got that mush mouth thing going, so you know I could I could barely make out the lyrics. Even when I could make up lyrics, I wasn't terribly impressed by the lyrics. But you even said lyrics are kind of a weak point these days. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, that just kind of soured the whole thing for me. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll grant it. The, the, the musicians are good. It the production is well produced. You know, Steve Lillywhite is Steve Lillywhite. Um, but as I got so much nothing out of this um, it, it's interesting comparing this with the Amanda Palmer because I think in the Amanda Palmer where there's something really good buried underneath all of that noise and production and here I'm just getting this is an album that uh, I got nothing out of even if it is less because you know what's there is what's there there's, not, there's nothing really hiding in it except for maybe uh, Dave Matthews a little much now so, uh, hmm. yeah, it, 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 that, that's, that's all I got. This is just, I, I can't get into it. It's there, and it's... I, this record yeah. doesn't hurt you to a Dave Matthews Band fan, because uh, Dave's voice is still the same as it has always been, so that's all sense. Yeah. Stretch of the imagination. Um, there's best record in probably a decade, at least, um, but not where I would recommend people start. So, Matt, and I think you've got opinions too, right? Uh, pretty much, yeah. And I, I feel like I actually feel bad about this because, like, I I know that like for music fans, like, I mean, it's not like 
like something that like ends friendships or anything, but I always like feel like there's like almost like a sense of betrayal when someone hates your favorite band. And I know that like Dave is like your favorite band. Yeah, what was my, he was my first I, favorite of all time, yeah. Yeah, but I hate Dave Matthews band. And I I I I, I like for for it, it it's like a lot of it's the vocals, like I just can't stand his voice. And kind of like the same thing Rich was saying, where it's sort of like, you know, you can't make out the lyrics, and the lyrics you can make out are kind of dippy. And the the music just sort of, it's it's very competently played, but it's just sort of there. Like I, there's for me, there's nothing to really grab onto. I mean, the the production is good because it's Steve Lillywhite, of course, but I I I don't know. I just I, I I gave this one a shot, you know. Like I, I like like with like um, what's his face, John Mayer. I I put my I tried to put my my hatred of John Mayer aside and like listen to the record on its own terms. But I I either couldn't do it with the Dave and I thought I could, or I did and I still didn't like it. I I don't know which. I mean, it's like, and I know that there's a lot of uh, pre-existing bias for me. Mm-hmm. So I I I I'm sorry. I, I feel kind of bad about like you know like hating a record that you know you were so excited for and like you know your first favorite band and everything. But I I just can't I I, I can't do it. No problem. Um, I think that you know Matt brings up an interesting point because when we love something so much whether it's a musical artist or you know an idea or whatever and somebody disagrees with it it feels like they're kind of disagreeing with our identity in some small way um but one of the things yeah yeah it's like almost like i I, you know i'm not saying i hate dave matthews it's saying i hate andrew which is not true but i mean and i know that i get that thing too if like you know when someone says like oh devo sucks it's sort of you know like no you suck you know yeah, it's not like Yeah, that. yeah, even though yeah, even though it's just a band. It's not, you know, pe- people like different bands and that's cool, but but there is that kind of identity kind of locked in with it. Yeah, like if you say Dave Matthews band is stupid and thus by extension you are stupid, um which is obviously not what we're saying here, but that's kind of what it can feel like sometimes. Um so one of the things that has sort of helped me and this record, you know, from the, the really hardcore people has caught its fair share of criticism. The thing about the Dave Matthews band fan base is that it's so vast uh, because the band has such longevity um, and a large portion of the, that, a huge majority of that fan base is going to adore anything that Dave puts out. Um, there is a much smaller hardcore group that is going to be very critical of anything the band puts out that is not up to the quality of their first three albums. And I used to be influenced by that smaller minority, um, the overly critical hardcore band that takes personal offense uh, when they don't put out a masterpiece. But since I have moved away from considering Dave Matthews Band to be the greatest band of all time, um, I have subsequently become less attached to them, uh, and that has freed me and allowed me to enjoy their output and even their live shows much more. So when I'm attached to the notion that, um, like, if I go to a show and they have to have a perfect set list and it has to be amazing, and they, you know, 
I have very high expectations, then I'm guaranteeing that I'm going to be disappointed. But as time has passed and I've gotten into other music and have come to realize that DMB is not the greatest band of all time, although very important to me and my musical upbringing, um, I have sort of, that has allowed me to step away and sort of appreciate uh, their live show and this record, for instance, in a, um, in a new light. So because I'm less attached to the idea that they need to be amazing in the greatest band of all time, um, I enjoy this record more because I didn't expect it to be the greatest record of all time. Um, I hoped that it would be good, and it is good, and so I like it and I enjoy it very much. Um, so I think there's a, it's important to, to keep your obsessions in, in perspective, if that's a good way to put it. Hey, that's a good idea. Uh, I think that's the case yeah. with any band that has had a long career and puts out records. I remember uh, two years ago when Devo put out their first record in 20 years. And it, with Devo, it's kind of the same way, if I may geek out a little bit here, that there's um, this group of fans. It, there's there's a lot of dissent when Devo began to suck, basically. Some say it was after Freedom of Choice. Some say it was after their fourth album, New Traditionalist. Some say everything up to Oh No, Devo is good. There's also a group that says basically everything Devo did after their first album is absolute shit. We don't listen to them. Uh, <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure you know that group, Matt. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. And, and they're wrong just for the existence of duty now for the future. <laughs> <laughs> so, um,. And so basically, depending on where the, where you fall in those camps, is depends on it influences where you thought of uh, the new album. And for me, I basically love I love every, the first five albums, everything from Army Not Men to Oh No, Steve. I love I'm one of those weirdos who likes the uh, eighth album, Smooth Noodle Maps. And I thought the new album was amazing, but it, it, there's all this content, there's still contention even now, two years later, that oh, everything Diva does now is terrible because it's too electronic, or it's not electronic enough. This and that. Shut up, son. I just, I just want to say, shut the hell up. Mm. Yeah, because I remember, like on the on the Devo mailing list, there was like, I don't remember who it was, too, but it was like one guy who was like, okay, I've heard the new songs, and like, here's song by song list of why each of these songs sucks and does not stand up to Q or We Not Men. <laughs> And I was just like, wow, you, you put a lot of effort into something that you hate. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, and I'm trying to I'm trying to get out of that mindset and stop being such a a hater of stuff I hate. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, it totally makes sense. I actually talked about this on the Zen Geek podcast this week with Jeffrey. Um, you know, just in the sense of I don't see the point anymore in uh, being so fervent in in trashing something I don't like. I'm much more content nowadays to just sort of let it be and have nothing to do with me. So when somebody come, when, you know, people are, um, you know, if somebody come, if Samsung comes out with a new smartphone, galaxy, whatever, and the Android people think this is the greatest phone ever. I'm like, okay, that's fine. I'm not going to try to convince them that the iPhone is better. I'm just going to let them exist over there away from me, you know? So that in the show notes, by the way, yeah, I'll, I will throw that in the show notes. Um, but yeah, I just don't see the the point anymore in trying to convince somebody that what they love is wrong. It, this is something I've been doing too, because Matt and I were doing these reviews of the Resonance albums, and I didn't quite realize when we were starting the project that the Resonance had so many albums that aren't really very good. 
Back me up on. Yeah, it's like the the ones that. Yeah, the the ones that are awesome are really really awesome, and they do kind of color the you you kind of forget about like I mean I like uh I've like Rich and I are both a little bit ahead and are I think both of us are basically like oh yeah have a bad day exists and that's about like the extent of us thinking about that album. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not even I didn't even it's get to like, that because the first time I heard it was the time I listened to it before I wrote the after the review. It's like one yeah, of those yeah. gaps there that are just like, oh yeah, there's an, they did put out an album that in '96, didn't they? So. Yeah, and, but I mean, and that's and that's not to take away from the the awesome Residence Records, and I think with a band that's like as experimental and as prolific as the Residents are, I, I you know, they're gonna have like probably their their higher share of of uh, clunkers, but that's kind of why we love them is that they're out there trying new shit even if it's a bunch of uh midi instrumentals that are kind of oh <laughs> yeah and and thankfully uh, we're up to the we're at least you and i since we're ahead we're up to where it starts to get good again yeah I, I, i'm spoiler i'm in the pro wormwood camp honestly i'm i'm kind of iffy on wormwood but i do love roadworms yeah i, I make a point of that i think the, the live arrangements of the songs are better than the studio arrangements but uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, did I actually put that review up yet? Oh, whatever. But we're not up to that yet on the site. Uh, I don't. I don't know yet. Yeah. Oh well. Anyway, so, we're 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 giving you glimpses of the future. Ghost of Kitty Sneezes' future. Yes. So yeah, you know, that's it's 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 tough to do that sort of thing where you have this record that is bad from an artist that you'll love, and it, it's hard to let. It, it's so easy to let one misstep color your opinion, and I think there's far too many people out there who go, "Oh, this band sucks now, and now I can't listen to anything they've ever done because you know, how does one band, how does this new album that sucks, hypothetically, change the older albums that were good?" Yeah, right. It's 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 almost like George Lucas ruined my childhood. Uh, people like. Um, not to get, I not to. I'm not a huge Star Wars geek, but basically, you can still watch the original movies. You don't have to watch the prequels. You can even find the non-special editions. So you know, watch those. Pretend the rest of it doesn't exist, and shut the hell up. <laughs> yeah, and I I think too, it's like one thing that I do think about, like kind of back on the residence tip, is like. That dry area between like of um like George and James and the big bubble, like I wonder how many people like stopped caring about like at the time as they were coming out. I mean, like stopped caring about the residents there and like thus missed say like God and Three Persons, you know? Yeah, I think one of the advantages to getting into a, a band like that in hindsight is that you have you know the benefit of no of people who've already experienced these and you know what's what's out there and you can pick and choose and I think I got into the residents right at the right time I started getting into them around a little after Demon's Dance Alone came out which is another amazing album and so yes yeah, I, I love uh, DDA them, yeah I caught them right on that on, the, on that tip of that way of that really good way when they're back at the top of their game again mm-hmm. and so you know I feel comfortable I can write it out as a, some of the newer stuff's been left me a little cold so, but I feel comfortable riding this wave out because I have 
I caught them at the right time. So, yeah, and, and you know that there's Matthew's bad thing where yeah, go on. <laughs> oh, I was gonna say, and and also you you have the pattern of like the residence releases that you know that there may be ebbs and flows, but there's not there's it's not gonna last for long if a a, a, a low I mean. Yeah. You know, you might have to suffer through a couple of, you know, George and James big bubbles, but then you'll get God in three persons. Yeah, sort of. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Um, I was about to say, it was kind of because back to the Dave Matthews band thing, because you even said, Andrew, that this was not the best introduction to the band. Right. right. <clears throat> so, you know, it, it's like Matt picking Live from Mongo at yours to introduce you to Devo. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Because my bad. For, <laughs> that's okay. Because the band has been around for so long, I feel like, you know, if you haven't gotten into Dave Matthews Band by this point, I mean, unless you've been living in a in a Dave Matthews Band free bubble, um, you know, I don't think it would be difficult to to convert somebody at this point because they've been around for so long and because arguably their best albums are behind them. So, you know, I can see uh, how this record would not have changed your minds. I think that's all there really is to say about that one, isn't there? I think so. Yeah. So, what? Well, one thing where let's can we run we back on topic and to a different topic and talk about what some of the other folks people people picked for uh, this year in music. Sure. Yeah. Right. Cool. I'm just. Yeah, I'm gonna bring up that hashtag on the thing and stuff. Uh. On the Twitter, on the Twitter, uh, Mr. Uh, Monty Good, friend of the show, mm-hmm. uh, has uh, points, picks it, has mentioned that he likes the new Bob Dylan, which uh, I haven't gotten around to checking out yet. I, I, I haven't really listened to anything he's done after Blood on the Tracks. I don't know. I feel kind of, so I don't know what to say about that. The new Rush, which um, we, we spoke about. Love it. <laughs> yep. It was Okay. <laughs> Uh, Bob Mould, <laughs> the new Hot Chip album. Yeah. I love the new Hot Chip album, as we know. Uh, Jack White, whoever the heck Pineapple Thief is. Have you? Ever, have either of you heard of them? Yeah, I don't. Mm-mm. No, I've never heard okay. of that one at all. Hmm. I'm gonna put that on my list to check out. Uh, Band of Horses and uh, new, and he's anticipating the new Band of Horses and the new Muse album. Hmm. I hear good things yeah. about Band of Horses. Yeah. Mm. I don't really have any albums that are coming out later this year that I know of that I want to check out. Uh, I'm kind of behind when it comes to new music. If it's like, if most of the artists <laughs> I'm really into, I kind of go, who? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, there's, I'm there's, there's a couple. Like I, cool. Go on. Yeah, I know that Like for me, there's a, a, a few albums that I'm kind of excited for. Like uh, Some of them have actually come out and I just haven't listened to them because I'm lazy. Like, uh, like I, I have like the new Young Fresh Fellows album in front of me, and they're like one of my favorite bands. But for whatever dumbass reason, I haven't actually figured out that I can put it in the uh, computer and and play it and listen to it. Um, also, there's a new Mountain Goats album coming out that I'm really excited for because I love the Mountain Goats. Um, new Firewater album too. Like Firewater is really awesome. Like, do you guys know them or nope? Nope. Okay, they're. Kind of, I guess you'd kind of call them like world punk. Like it's there's like a lot of like world music uh, influences on them, but it's uh, very 
much in a, a rock record kind of way, and it's it's really their their stuff is generally really really good. And uh, there's also a, another album that I have sitting in front of me that I haven't listened to is the uh, album by the new number two, which is uh, Danny Harrison of you know George's Loins, his his band, and they're really good on their own merits. It's not just you know. Oh, you're related to a beetle. I will buy you. It's it's actually like very very good on their own, and it's also kind of creepy how much he looks like his dad. Yeah, it's interesting because I, I I mentioned the new number two because I know I heard something by them a couple years back, um, and I thought they were very good, but then they sort of vanished off the face of the uh, face of the earth. I didn't know if they put out an album or anything, so I'll have to check this out because yeah, this the is one their... that I heard. Oh, go on. Oh, I was going to say, this is their second album. The other one was, uh, I think it's called You Are Here, and it's orange. Oh. And it's okay. real good, I'll, too. Yeah, like I said, I'll check it out. I mean, and yeah, you're right. He does spookily look a hell of a lot like George. The uh, only other album that came out, the uh, I'm really impressed by the new Deerhoof album, which came out uh, last week as well. Uh, or not last week, two weeks ago. That was, that was going to be the other potential pick for this episode. Um well, actually, I was talking about too this uh, um, called Auto Salvage by a band called Auto Salvage, but I, I decided not to pick that one at all because it didn't really impress me. But the new Deer Hoop is really good. It's not my favorite by them, but it's it's among their best. They're a band that can be really cool. hit or miss. Hmm. But when and they hit, I'm, they're I'm usually pick- like pretty pretty on. Yeah, maybe I'll pick uh, Friend Opportunity for next week because that's my absolute favorite Deer Hoof record. That was really fucking good. Um. I'm going to go onto the Facebook here. A uh, friend of the show, Brian Kelly. Okay. Uh, he's he's a fan of the new Ben Folds album. So, uh, you're I, Matt. You're the only person I know who's a fan of, of uh, Ben Folds Five. So. Yeah, I, uh, I I I'm casual fan at best, honestly. So I I, I think I knew that there was a new uh, Ben Folds Five album coming, but I didn't know that it was out or. Or nothing, and I haven't heard a heard a lick from it. But I did like the last uh, Ben Folds album. Uh, was it a Way to Normal? Hmm. At least I think that was the last one. Um, and the the he also did you hear like when that came out? Like um, he he leaked a bunch of fake tracks like from it, hmm. and those were actually really cool. They were they had like very similar titles, but like a little bit wrong and. They were just kind of goofs, and like there's like this one I I don't remember the name of it. I think it might be brainwashed uh, with a T. <laughs> um, that's basically about this uh, really conservative, uptight yuppie douchebag guy taking a uh, obnoxious hippie chick to a, the office Christmas party, mm. and it's it's actually really really funny, and it's just a it's just a goof, but it's it's a hoot. Yeah, that, that's news to me because, like I said, I don't remember. That's one of the Ben Folds is one of those artists I I know exists, but I don't follow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then also, uh, oh, go on that. Yeah, I was gonna. I was just gonna read Melissa's because she's like a really close friend of mine, um, and she says okay. that the uh, latest Corb Lund makes her pretty stupidly happy. Hmm. So, that's um, I've never heard. Of. I don't know. I don't know a whole lot about him, but he's like, um, if I recall correctly, he is a Americana kind of guy, um, kind of like alt country, that kind of stuff. And a little bit of, of stuff I've heard from him has been pretty awesome. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna, I might give that a quick uh, check out too when I get a chance. Um, on the website, we've got a comment from a uh, friend of the show, Janet, and she's got wow, she's got a big list here. Um, the, the Grimes album, the David Byrne St. Vincent album, Hot Chip album, which we all yeah. We how many times can we praise these things? <laughs> I can praise the hot chip. I can praise hot chip until the cows come home. Um, David Byrne, actually. Uh, tr- an album TRST by Trust. I've never heard of. Uh, DIIV uh, Ocean. I'm, I have to check those out. A uh, dive. I think is how they're called. Or- I I can't keep up with this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Go on, Matt. Okay, uh, yeah, there's a Place to Bury Strangers Worship, Ariel Pink's Haunted Graffiti Mature Themes, Yay Sayer, uh, Fragrant World, I Am Amy, Who Am I, uh, Kin, and Still Anticipating Crystal Castles, Black Moth Super Rainbow, Bat for Lashes, which, oh, shit, yeah, there, I guess there's a new Bat for Lashes coming out. Awesome. Uh, sorry, and Telepath. <laughs> Yeah, it's so. I saw a gay sayer once way back when, uh, and I was pretty taken by them, but I just never bothered to check them out since. I heard they kind of changed their sound recently, too, so. Because when I saw them, they were kind of an acoustic y, rocky kind of group, and apparently they've gone electronic. I don't know. I'll have to double check on that. Might be confused. I knew they were definitely at that festival. <laughs> Crystal Castle. Mm-hmm. I didn't know they had a new album coming out. Hopefully, it's not going to just be called Crystal Castles again. I know. That, that's kind of annoying. It's. Like, it was annoying when Peter Gabriel did it, and it's annoying when they do it. <laughs> well, I mean, at least, at least Chicago Gabriel, had the decency to number like, their could... records. Well, at least with Peter Gabriel, you had, like, you know, there was uh, Car, Scratch, and Melt. So, you know, you could sort of get a title from the covers. But the new the two Crystal Castles mm-hmm. albums, it's just, what are you going to call those? <laughs> and if they call them yeah, the third album it's... Crystal Castles, I just might not get it because I'm just upset. Then again, the second album really didn't do anything <laughs> for me. It was a little noisier than the first, and it kind of, in a way, I don't like. But I'll, I'll, I'll and, at least uh, try to maybe Black... check it out. Okay. Oh, go on. And have you heard about the uh, Black Moth Super Rainbow? Like, yeah, if, if I'm no, recalling correctly, not mixing them. Okay, if I'm if I'm not mixing them up with another band, they basically are um, releasing their album via Kickstarter, and one of the uh, formats that you can get it is a mask, and they've they've basically cast these like kind of horrifying looking like rubber masks of the album art, and it, it comes with like a, a USB. But yeah, and but yeah, you can get the album on like you know CD, vinyl, and horrifying mask. Hmm. That's interesting. Well, at least it's not yet another uh, band putting out shit on cassette tape or eight track or something. Yeah, I, I still don't get, like, the alleged cassette revival. <laughs> Cassettes blow. <laughs> yeah, anyone who's who, who's in favor of the cassette revival never had to pencil back a tape that got eaten by your tape deck. Yeah. yeah. Well, the only record I'm looking forward to that I can think of off the top of my head for the rest of the year is Victor Wooten's coming out with a new record uh, later this month on the 25th. It's actually going to be a double album. Uh, words and Tones is going to be um, a bunch of songs featuring female vocalists, and uh, then he's going to have another record called Sword and Stone, which is going to be all instrumental. So I'm looking forward to that on the 25th. That'll be cool. Hmm. Cool. And maybe it'll be a pick. 
Um, Perhaps, probably. I'll just have to keep my eyes out because there's, as far as I know, there's nothing else that's coming out this year. But then again, I I, I, I like to be taken by surprise almost with this sort of stuff because that's why I don't keep up too much. I know I heard something about Shibo Mato possibly putting out an album this year, but I've heard nothing else since. Yeah, it's kind of where I am with that one. It's like if it happens, cool. But considering that it's like it was basically like a few months ago, I was like. Oh, this is probably happening, and then complete silence. Since I'm not really holding my breath, I mean that it's happening, not that it will be awesome. Because if it does happen, it will be awesome. But yeah, well, I, I hope it does happen because Mato is oh, awesome. Yes, I loved Stereotype A. Like that is a phenomenal and record. The Evil Woman is very good too. I like that one, but I don't like it nearly as much as Stereotype A. Stereotype A just like kicks my ass. Oh, no, no, I'm not going to disagree with you on that. That's one of those rare, you know, you know, the sophomore slump thing. This is where they're one of those bands with the second album absolutely blows the first one out of the water. But that doesn't diminish yeah. how awesome the first one is. Fair enough, fair enough. Yeah. Yeah, and I also forgot to mention one album that I um, also haven't listened to, but it's sitting in front of me. It's uh, by a really cool guy named Kum, or his band is called uh, Kumquat, and it's uh, kumquatpower.com, and you can actually write him for a free copy of the CD. And I, um, while I haven't listened to his new one yet, I recommend that you do it because his last two were amazing. And it's very much in the kind of uh, Brand Flakes, Negative Land kind of vein. So, and I've also, I've thrown the link in the show notes and also with an interview that I did with Fred, uh, Fred of, of uh, Kumquat on Kitty Season. So I've thrown that in there so you can kind of like check him out and hopefully be all like, dude, this is awesome. Sweet. Okay. That was a... I felt like this this was longer, because then again, we had all the technical issues, so I guess that's that's a show, isn't it? I think yeah, so. Yeah, I guess so. It's... Hmm. So, I so, guess, uh, where can we find each other? I'm at sandspoint.com, sandspoint on Twitter, and sandspoint on Last.fm. You can find me wherever you can find me. Yep, yeah. same for me. Uh, net and at Andrew Morrow on Twitter and LastFM and so on and so forth. And I am KittySneezes.com and KittySneezes on Twitter and all that all that shit. Yay. And we're, of course, CrushOnRadio.com, CrushOnRadio on Twitter. And please leave us a review and compliment us on iTunes and be very flattering and share us with your friends because we love you. We'll be back next week with the next week's going to be the big 20th episode. We should do something special. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe Pop, we should uh, only rev- uh, choose twentieth albums by bands. How many bands have twenty albums? Rush does. Um, who? Rush. Oh wow! Really? That's pretty awesome, actually. <laughs> Maybe not quite. Sparks. Hmm. Yeah, Sparks do. I could totally pick a Sparks album, but then again, so would so could you? Well, no, then. Hmm. Yeah, we'd bo- and we'd both have to pick the same one because it'd be the 20th album, whichever one that is. Right. Hmm. I mean, uh, like, what was the 20th, little Beethoven, the 20th maybe? Resonance I don't album? Know. But then again, the tw- then again, how do we count Resonance albums because they have so many of different. Uh, never mind. We'll figure something out. And we'll have something cool <laughs> yeah. for the 20th episode, I hope. Yeah. If not, it'll just be the same old shit, different day. Which we hope you like. All right, <laughs> you guys, talk. This was fun. It's great talking with you guys as always. Good night. Yep.
Bye-bye-bye, Bonds. Bye, bye, bye,